episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald. Theoretically, we're going out live on both YouTube and uh, our channel. Uh, so if you are actually listening to this um, day, news us. Um, however, if you any of this crap up, just always take heart the fact that we are recording this, so you can still catch it, you can still post it up on Horizon RT, and of course, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. So we're doing this live, so our normal rules don't necessarily apply. Matt Duda will not be joining us. Um, John Park may join us, but uh, we do have others. And then we got one of our new writers coming in. So let's let's start with a new introduction. Blake Schumacher, welcome to the pocket. This is your first uh Blake has been writing right state for us. Um, but this is your first full right into the podcast. So so welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's the first time I get to be uh audible. Instead of just behind the horizon screen with the stories. <laughs> well, technically, kind of all over the place. It's been, we've had a couple of space. Oh, we've had a couple of Twitter spaces. So you've been on this. this is your first foray to the uh, in podcast realm. So you know, definitely uh, welcome to you. And, um, I'm sure we're gonna have a lot about. All right. Thank you for having me. All right, uh, next up, and I'm glad you're on here because we got plenty to talk about on this front. Uh, on this front. We got Kyle Rossi on as well. Welcome again, Mark Kyle. Hey, how you doing, Bob? All right, well, uh, I now we, we opted not to do the we opted not to do um, the video on this. So if you miss, you kind of see the crawl on our, our logo. Um, Kyle had his, uh, I feel bad because I had his cardigan, so. You know, it was, it was very professional looking. Anyway, and I wasn't going to do that. So, yep. So, Kyle, um, welcome once again. Thanks for having me, man. And last but not least, of course, we got Alec Quay. Alec, welcome. Hello. How is everyone? Hope everyone's uh, having a good New Year's Day. Betty White got God damn it. <laughs> People suck around the world. Um, all right. Um, yeah. Let's start with a bummer. <laughs> okay. Uh, something tells me that. Uh, anyway. Um, so, Alec, I'm glad you're on because you remember how many times Cleveland State played Purdue for way last year? You know, you were there for, well, you were only there for one of them because the other four were in Fort Wayne. Correct. Yes, it was. Uh... Five times last season, including uh, once in the uh, conference tournament, which I was able to be at, which was an absolute classic, by the way. Probably the best game I saw last year. And, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to do it again with them uh, on the 5th. Yeah. So, so, so this is requires actually – so it's been a busy week on COVID protocols for the Horizon League. So – UIC, IUPUI, and Detroit Mercy have overall shut down the COVID protocols, meaning that Cleveland State and Purdue Fort Wayne did not have games against them, and they decided, okay, you know what, we're going to play each other on Thursday night. 
So, rather than cool get a game against the IUPUI, which, let's be honest, it was probably going to be a, I don't know, it's not a, it's not an appropriate term for that, but anyway, they ended up playing, they ended up playing Purdue Fort Wayne, and they got to do it again, so they're going to play no less than, as of right now, Cool State is playing Purdue Fort Wayne less than three times, and I feel bad for both schools, because I know those, I'm not sure they, you know, it's only like an episode of the newlywed game at this point in time. They don't see each other so damn well. So, but that was the game. But and Cleveland State, I mean, wow. So they're down by seven points, and there's four minutes left. And then somewhere they turned it and pushed, you know, they flipped the switch and rattled off 16 straight points. And incidentally, this is going to be a theme throughout the. This is going to be a theme throughout the horizon uh, for theme throughout a lot of the games this, this weekend, if it sounds familiar. Like, for example, Wright State. Seemed like every one of you, like I seemed like every one of Wright State's games was a game where at some point in time, uh, Wright State was in a deficit and somehow climbed their way out. Thankfully. Yeah, it seems it seems like they love to get into this awkward funk at some point in their games sure. where their offense is just entirely out of sync. And it always happens. It's happened in every single game so far. It's just like, for example, against Akron, it was the entire game. But yes. for the Horizon comp- competition so far, they've at least been able to pull themselves out of it for the most part. And they fought hard against Cleveland, but these two games against Milwaukee and Green Bay, there's been a consistent showing of that funk. And I I can't determine what it is, but it's something, and they've got to figure that out. So yeah, so the thing with the thing, yeah, and it seemed to me that that the the first two games with Wright State, they they left me with more questions than answers. If we're being honest, I mean, first of all, a you know Purdue Fort Wayne was gearing gearing up to uh, you know it was a track meet. To, for that first half of that game against Purdue Fort Wayne, and then Cleveland State turns around, and you know they they basically brush back every comeback that Wright State had. Now this weekend, on the other hand, not the case at all because now you, here you had, um, and they were also and Blake they were also in a very unique situation. Uh, Wright State was, and why don't you tell everybody what if they haven't figured out what was going on over there? Why don't you uh, tell everybody what happened? So, uh, Wright State had four different exits by players who had gotten COVID of some kind. Uh, They lost their starter, A.J. Braun, who has been a big part of helping shape up the defense for the squad, uh, essentially filling the role that Loudon Love was filling in, that Grant Basile wasn't quite filling in the same way. And so that was probably what was happening with the uh, non-conference losses where they just couldn't figure out what they were doing without some big guy in their center. Um, They also lost Riley Voss. Um, Either I've been hearing conflicting reports about this and I couldn't find a way to confirm it. Either TJ Nagy or Alex Hubrickst. And then well, Hubris hasn't been in hasn't been available a lot this season, if at all. Yeah, so, I've noticed that. I, I, I mean, you, I mean you can't, 
if he was out, you really couldn't tell because again, he's been he's kind of been out for most of the season. Yeah. And I I know that he had lingering like injury issues from Florida, but I wasn't certain if that was the problem here. I think he might have been COVID protocoled. Uh because I, I was getting conflicting reports. I, I got either it was TJ Nagy that was out or it was Alex Hubricks who was out. Um, someone said that they had saw TJ Nagy's fabulous mustache on the sideline. So maybe that's correct. Uh, but it was Riley Voss, AJ Braun, Nagy or Hubricks. And then uh, who was the fourth? I wrote it down. And then yeah, I forgot. Um, yeah, it was, you, I think it was Ross, uh, Andy Neff. That's right, Andy Neff. Uh, so we've got one starter, three backups. Uh, in particular, the loss of Riley Voss kind of hurts because that is a three-point shooter that we had outside that we were able to have in as a sixth or seventh man. Um, AJ Braun really hurts because that was the core of the defense. And uh, Andy Neff, TJ Nagy, Alex Hubricks, whoever it was out of those two. Uh, that's okay they generally came in as part of the b squad so they were they were not seeing too much time to begin with but not only was that who we lost but we also lost uh coach Nagy, who is pretty critical to the program as the head coach oh yeah and then we also lost a assistant coach trice which oh travis trice was out too okay yikes yep I didn't so realize, that was. So I didn't know. So I knew. Obviously, we knew about Scott Nagy. He's kind of. He's kind of hard to miss. But yeah. So so basically, wow. So so yeah. So he had associate head coach Cliff Sargent come in, and he is now two and zero as an interim head coach. So way to go, uh, way to go, Coach Sargent. Absolutely, he came in. He just ran it exactly that the way Nagy would run it. Uh, maybe a bit less. Uh, captionable screenshots of him being sure. disappointed on the bench but <laughs> but he did exactly well, I mean, when you look at, well, when you look at Wright State though they don't really have that they don't, their rotation isn't really that deep and basically they they just to me it looked like they just swapped out a, a, you know C, e, C, AJ Braun for CJ Wilborn and Both squads are terrifyingly shallow right now yeah uh the but women and the men that's kind of been the case. That was kind of the case for them last season too, because they only ever went. They only ever went seven, eight deep last year too. Obviously, last year wasn't a big as big an issue as it is this season. But still, that's kind of been uh, that's kind of been Scott Nagy, and now obviously by extension, Cliff Sargent's cut mo at this point. Right. It, it. I get why they run their squads like this because they expect their starters to get. Sure um that time in but i also mentioned it on the twitter space that i had with parker i i just don't see the viability of that if you don't have people that you can rely on on the bench in addition to uh your starters then you're automatically suffering as a program and uh, like for example this game against green bay we saw james manns for exactly one minute at the end of the first and that is somebody that I wanted to see more of personally, but that's somebody that everybody wants to see more of. It's it's like the mystery of James Mans. Nobody can figure it out. I don't think we're ever going to figure it out. As, you know, as long as we live, <laughs> that'll be the un, the unanswered question of 
of the of Wright State basketball is how James Manns is still on the squad, didn't transfer, but still doesn't get any playing time. I, I yeah, I just don't get it. It's the single I, I don't weirdest know. thing I've ever seen, honestly. I, I just don't know if it's like something to do with him or what, but he got one minute in where he had a foul that I didn't agree with, but that was all that he was able to do. <laughs> Speaking of fouls. But, you know what? Bottom line is, they got, uh, bottom line is, the right they got W. Two Ws, in fact. So, where I was kind of shaky on them as far as, you know, being one of the top teams, it seems like I've been proven completely wrong at this point in time. You know, they are, you know, they are three and one in the conference now. Um, uh, you know, I mean, where where do they go from here? Who knows? But I mean, it's a lot. Better. They look a lot better. They look like they're a little better positioned now than they were, say, a couple weeks ago. I said NC State win does kind of, uh, you know, cure all ills, I suppose. I agree, but I I feel like the special case with NC State, and not to discount that win because it was phenomenal, but sure. NC State did not have any answers to the two big guys that they put in it was just which, is, which, is a, which again was a as an acc school you would think that that would be the least of their problems right exactly like you're telling me that your squad can't handle these two guys at all that that was not. impressive to me was the fact that they just let Vasily and braun just have their way and if it wasn't them Holden and Calvin were absolutely phenomenal in that game as well. They were just having the game of their lives. Undoubtedly. So, yeah, the um, so the bigger thing – so one of the things I wanted to, you know, kind of open up to the group is where is Pat – you know, are we going to see Pat Baldwin Jr. again? What a good question. <laughs> Excellent question. I don't know if we – anybody – yeah, I, it's just like no. – well, keep yeah. my eyes open. I can't promise anything, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so, so, before, so, um, so as far as I, as before the St. Xavier game on the 23rd, um, it was announced that he was in the co. I guess he, he was in the COVID protocol. Now, the question I have is, okay, if he was in the COVID protocol, when did he end up going to the COVID protocol? Did they like test him that morning and say, um, sorry, you're not playing? I, I don't really understand the whole thought process here. That's the only explanation I can have I have. Because if it was if he was test if he was if he was put in the protocol that day on the twenty-third, then yes, he probably would have he'd probably still be, you know, in the ten days where in the cause they obviously haven't gotten to that point to, you know, shorten it up yet. And he would have been playing today. But no, that's not what happened. He's still out. So it, it as as high up as we have been on Pat Baldwin Jr., it just seems to me that we are at a point where it just doesn't seem like we're going to see him a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, you want to hear a conspiracy theory? Yes. I we are all about conspiracy theories today because you know what? It's it's beginning of the new year. We're live. Lay it on me. Well, I think he might have had some lingering. Uh, I mean, I have no way to confirm this. I'm not a. I don't have any people to talk to at Milwaukee other than John. Um, but uh, I think he might have had some lingering injury stuff, and he just uh, came to play for his dad because he knew it would go at, as unnoticed as possible that he 
wasn't able to perform at the highest level all the time. But who knows? Uh, guess what, buddy? We notice. <laughs> we notice, but we're we're the, we're uh, right. one of the Milwaukee fans. Definitely, Milwaukee fans are definitely noticing, and they're the ones who, let's face it, are going to be the loudest about it. Very very soon. Well, and yeah. then you, you have to think, isn't he kind of playing with fire to some extent? I mean, we keep talking about this guy. Okay, yeah, he's a lottery pick. You know, all of a sudden you go through a year, you play, you know, a handful of games. You not doing, don't do anything particularly special. I mean, he's kind of at what point is he actually hurting himself? I don't think he is at all. I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't think he is at all. I think we're at a point. I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't think he, it just seems to me that he's at a point where, you know, he can get. It doesn't matter. You know what? All this stuff that goes on in November and December and January, all that stuff doesn't matter uh, as far as he's concerned. I mean, it probably matters to all of us because it obviously should, but I don't think it matters as much to him. And, you know, he just wants to, I, I, it seems to me he wants to get right and that's it. Is it going to, you know, is it going to – If it's obviously going to affect Milwaukee one way or the other. And let's be honest, even when he is on the court, has met, Milwaukee hasn't exactly set the world on fire. So, I mean, it's a zero-sum game. I mean, not – you know, I'm going to be as cynical as humanly possible because, yeah, it, 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 is, it is essentially a zero-sum game for him right now. So, I – I think he's going to come back to the court. I mean, I I think we'll see him next week when you know they play Green Bay. When they, I think he'll come back. I mean, if he's on COVID protocol, he should come back next week because um, Wednesday he'll, Wednesday they're playing Green Bay. But I mean, after that, I don't know. I've run out of I've run out of uh, I've run out of answers for that one. <laughs> It's just the whole situation just seems kind of goofy. I think where I was kind of going with that, I mean, there there are an awful lot of really good basketball players out there. They don't all get to be lottery picks. You know, I don't know, like, if if there is something lingering there and he doesn't end up playing a whole lot and he sees his draft stock fall, I mean, he could be. I don't know. <laughs> if his dad gets fired, I guess there probably won't be a year or two, but I don't, that's just... Oh, I don't... I, 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 I assume right now there will, be, there will not be a year or two. I, I think he he was I think he was only ever going to be here for a year, one way or the other. You think right. he um, takes the draft pick and cashes out? Yeah, I would. He's still projected as a lottery pick, so yeah, if you can cash in still, and for I mean, yeah, he's not really setting the world on fire, but it is here. You know, he's averaging a double, so obviously he does. He does actually, you know, he. He is he is, a, he is a top contributor when he is there, um. But so yeah, he's, I do think I think he could do that. He's really weird because we we hyped him up. He's a five star recruit and everything along those lines, well, right? Yeah. Well, he against better teams has not played in any sort of fashion that is going to attract attention. Against BG, he got eight points. BG's a max school. Against yes. URI in the A10, he got six. And then in the loss to Colorado, he the team got 54 points, and he made 12 of them. I, I just don't... If I'm an NBA scout, I don't see how you can look at the potential and then overlook the result. 
It seems silly to me. It does. Yeah. To your point, and I think it's a valid point. I do also think that the other the other side of that is okay. Um, the game plan is make anybody else besides Pat Ball would you beat you, and it seemed to work out pretty well to this point. <laughs> I mean, Very if, true. If you want to double and triple team him, yeah, sure. He's not going to get any kind of. He's not going to get any kind of run. Nor would you expect that. But I'd also be interested to. I haven't seen them play this year, but when I do get the chance, I'm going to be interested to see what kind of point guard play they've been getting. Um, because, I mean, if the the game plans obviously shut Pat Baldwin down, but if there's nobody that can create, like, semi-decent looks for him out there, it, it, he, he's kind of just, like, forced to shoot tested shots, which is pr- probably also hurting his uh, scoring a little bit. And I think that's part of the tale because they've had issues. They've they've really Milwaukee has really had a problem at the point. So if you got a problem at the point, you're going to be you know it's going to trickle down to everything else up to and including Pat Allen Jr. Like part of the reason why Cleveland State's been able to not miss a beat offensively is because of the point guard depth they have with uh, Deshaun Parker. So not just as Sean Parker, you know, Tory Patton was, you know. Tory Patton's playing point forward now. So, and mean, go Tory Patton was two playing. assists away from a triple. Do- See, we missed this. I can, you know, for it's crazy because, you know, Tory Patton is so quiet good that you don't see what he's doing until all of a sudden you look at the stat sheet and like, holy crap, he really did all that. Well, he was, the last, the last- he was two assists away from a triple double. Yeah, the last few years he he hasn't really picked it up like scoring wise until later in the season. But he's he he he's starting to find his groove uh, in early in late December, early January. So that's not good for the rest of the Horizon League. That's for sure. Yeah, I think the big threat. Yeah, it is. I mean, and the other thing too, because to again, as you mentioned with Cleveland State, they have they obviously have Deshaun Parker. They have Tory Patton. Trago Millions been running the point. I mean, you got bring Trago off the bench too in a combo role. Yeah, it's it is so weird that you see that where on one end you see a Cleveland State team that loses Craig Bowden for an extended amount of time, and it hasn't mattered at all. In fact, it seems to me that their ball movement is as good, if not better, than in, when he was there. Yeah. On the flip side, you have a Milwaukee team that, you know, has still trying to figure out, okay, who's running point? Is it going to be Jordan Lathan? Is it going to be Donovan Newby? Do – and you're not seeing it. I mean, it's 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 a problem that they're going to have. It's a problem they've been having. It's a problem they can't seem to wrap their head around for any reason. Nope. You got to have guys who can set the table for others and – if you don't have that, your best score is only your best score at this level. It, it, it really past high school, in my opinion. You're only really as good as the guy setting the table for you, and that because yeah. you at this level everyone can play to a certain degree. So it's it, it's going to be a struggle for Milwaukee, no doubt. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Baldwin to at junior at some point, just be like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on the draft. If this keeps going as poorly as it has been. 
And the, obviously, last year they didn't have this problem because they had T.J. Lucas, who was outstanding. And by the way, he's just as uh, he's doing pretty well at BYU. Right. So, you know, you didn't have that problem last year. This year is a little bit more of a problem, which is again, you know, for as much as we talked about, we talked about, you know, what what are we doing here? What are they doing here with Jordan Lathan? I mean, he's been on and off too. But with, you know, injuries and, you know, whatever. So that's a major issue for them. So, but they, but I will say this, they didn't get to win the day against Northern. They didn't get to win against Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky, who has their own pro- how How is, how is Northern Kentucky this bad? Somebody, could somebody explain that to me? Well. I don't get that at all. Yeah, I, I think it's. Because Trayvon Faulkner is not the best overall player in the league, like that one guy said. Yeah, probably not. Well, uh, now the other thing too, as I understand it, um, this week they were without Adrian Nelson because Adrian Nelson was out, and um, but then, but that got honestly that got canceled out by Chris Brandon because Chris Brandon was jumping out of the gym today. It was jumping out of the gym against uh, Milwaukee. Nobody could stop him, and they somehow still lost. They probably lost because that last minute of that game was – the execution just disappeared off the planet. It was – you know, it, if you want to close out a game, that is not the way to do it. <laughs> they did not do that at all. So so now so now Northern Kentucky is – you know, Northern Kentucky is 1-3 in the conference, and – it's funny because Matt always make and Matt always jokes about you know how how they do you know how he lowballs them and then they exceed expectations, but it doesn't seem like you're doing that this year. What on earth happened to Langdon? He's he's kind of fallen off totally. That is an interesting question, and I'm not really 100 percent sure. I mean, I that is a big. That's going to be a big problem. He had another dreadful shooting game. Yeah, zero of six I, from three. Rough. Yeah, Bryson Langdon's had a pretty rough one this season. Cause that's not the that's not the first time that's happened either. Wait, not why even is a little. Hey, he's still shooting like so many threes. Is that their whole game plan? Is just three pointers? Yeah, yeah. They shot, shot forty two three pointers and they only made twelve. Twelve. Yeah, I, I continue something if you're going to continue to I, fail. Yeah, I saw them earlier this year against Cleveland State, and that's pretty much all they did is just hoist them up. Well, that's the thing, too, because in the first half, the, the three-pointers fell. They did pretty well. And then their three-point shooting fell off the planet in the second half. And that's how they were – That's how, and that's how Milwaukee was able to get in there. I mean, they should have just stuck with what – should have stuck with what worked. Because they had – you know, they should have stuck with, you know, keeping Chris – you know, getting into the paint. Chris Brandon had 16 rebounds against Milwaukee today. But he only had 18 – eight points. Eight points. I mean, mm. The only one who, the only, honestly, I'm looking at the stats right now. The only, the only player that was doing any, you know, the only one who wasn't, you know, didn't start have a cold streak at any point. Sam Vincent, by the way, um, since Pat Baldwin Jr. isn't playing a whole hell of a lot, Sam Vincent, I think, is your freshman of the year right now. Definitely. Do, I mean, do you want to? Do you want an even crazier stat that I'm just looking at here? Sure. Milwaukee shot 47 field goals total. Yeah. Northern Kentucky shot 42 threes. Yeah, I know. 68 total. Oh, my. How do you lose that game with 20 more shots? It's just, just in general. They have. 
Absolutely insane how that happens. And by the way, and and you want to know you want to you want to know what's even crazier because they had 68 shots. They had 19 offensive rebounds. 19. So they're actually they were cleaning up the offensive glass when they missed. So you would think that those second chance points would be there for them, and they just weren't. They were only got 18. They only got 18 second chance points. How many turnovers did they have though? They only had 10. Oh, actually, wow. yeah, that's, un- that's unexplainable. Turnover ratio was plus four. I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah, I, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it just defies explanation that they, a, a Northern Kentucky team that on paper should, has so much more to offer is doing so poorly. And again, they had every opportunity to win this game today against Milwaukee. Every opportunity. They were very close, and they just couldn't get it done. And for this group to have that happen, no explanation, none whatsoever. So they'll catch fire during the Horizon League tournament. That's what'll end up happening. Of course they will. <laughs> that's what they do. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, they're, the, they're the evil specter of the Horizon League tournament. You think you're going somewhere first seed? No, you're cut down. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, no, I mean, it was, yeah, again, last year was one of those rare occasions where the one seed actually won the whole, won the tournament. One of the only, one of the, one of the only times in recent memory that's happened. That's insane. So, yeah. Of the Horizon. But yeah, I think, <laughs> no, I think, um, Again, I do think um, with, you know, I, I think Sam Vincent, again, they're not a bad team. They have a core. They've got Marquez work. They've, they, you know, Chris Brandon filling in for Adrian Nelson did an outstanding job. And when you get Adrian Nelson back, I mean, that's cool. You got Sam Vincent, who, again, since apparently we're never going to see Pat Owen Jr. that often. I mean, he's your, he's probably your, he's probably your freshman of the year right now. I mean, it, it's, it defies explanation that, yeah, Trayvon Faulkner and Bryson Langdon were combined three for 24 today. Three for 24. Both those guys. Oh, if you want to get any, if you want to get worse, too, um, David Bam was only two for seven, too. So three guys that you would expect, two starters and one of your key bench guys, David Bam, five for, yeah, five for 31. Those are Larry Hughes statistics. Ugh. That is so bad. I it's it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I I don't know. And David Bam did two for seven on, in thirteen minutes. So you make it yeah, maybe maybe that's why he was sitting on the bench for the other third twenty seven minutes. <laughs> so I don't know. All right, unfortunately, I got to jump off a little early. My uh, lovely girlfriend has prepared a beautiful dinner that has just been uh, uh, given the okay to come eat. So uh, I got to hop off. I I hope you guys have a great rest of your New Year's Day. All right, thank you, Alec. Alec underscore Quaid on Twitter. Yes, yes, and I'm looking forward to uh, attending the Cleveland State game on uh, the 5th. Oh yes, the yeah, Cleveland State Cleveland State versus Purdue Fort Wayne part seven. <laughs> yes, yes, the part the, seven. We'll see if this is the conclusion it, or not. It's not going to be the conclusion because they're going to have one more game at Fort Wayne. 
Oh, that's true. That's true. We'll see if they get thrown together again randomly if other teams have issues. But all right, I'll talk to you guys later. All righty. So, all right. So, Kyle, this is one. Uh, so, Kyle, obviously, I, I want to talk a little bit because you have uh, you've been pretty busy uh, traversing the the eastern half of the Horizon League. Uh, yeah. You were you were at uh, you were on thir- uh, you were at uh, Robert Morris to watch Cleveland State women play Robert Morris, and then. Um, then you went to go, you went to, you went to beat league again yeah. to see Youngstown State versus Cleveland State. It's funny because for years, and I've said this for years, that I've, I've, I've long desired a Cleveland State versus Youngstown State rivalry based on oh. proximity, based on a lot of factors. I think we're going to get it. I think we got one, Bob. I'll tell you what. Um, there is okay. no love loss between Chris Kilsmeyer and John Barnes. I can tell that much. Oh, well, it's funny. Like I didn't, I kind of clocked it at the time. I, I listened to an interview in uh, preseason with John Barnes on, on their uh, coaches show. And he kind of ran, they were talking about the preseason coaches poll stuff. And he listed like eight schools. Oh, these are the pretty good teams in the horizon league. And he didn't mention Cleveland state. And then again, yeah. this week, and, and then again, this week, he said a couple of things that could have been kind of taken as slights and yeah, it's not, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Every time, every time Chris Kilsmeyer was up today, there were a couple fans behind me. They were just giving them business. It was nuts. But um, I think it was, I think kind of the signature moment today. And I kind of, I forgot to tweet this, but um, Lily Ritz took an elbow. I think it was late third quarter. Maybe I, I didn't see whose elbow it was. Uh, I'll have to go back and watch it, but she bled all over her Jersey came back went went underneath came back out wearing the number one Jersey and finished the game that way. So she was kind of like, she's already kind of a folk hero averaging, you know, 20 rebounds a game in division two. And now obviously a really good player for uh, Youngstown state, but I think sure. she's just, just adding to her urban legend status with that one, I think, but it was a, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you think, I, I think back to my, my club hockey background, you have like, you know, these guys in these eight to one games in the third period, just kind of going full gorilla on each other. And that's kind of what the fourth quarter was there between Cleveland state, and Youngstown state to today. I mean, the game was kind of over, but everyone was just kind of going at each other. And if you listen, if you go on my Twitter feed, uh, the post game from uh, Lexi Wagner there and even Callahan a little bit, but Wagner, especially they kind of, you could tell that they said they didn't have too much experience with the media because they kind of said some things they are like, Oh yeah, they're, they're really mad. And <laughs> they're chirping us a little bit and they're just frustrated. And then, you know, going after the Vikings a little bit there. So, uh, yeah, it was a chippy game. <laughs> yeah, Young South State didn't win, by the way. So, uh, the, the, the return game in, at the Wolstein Center is going to be going to be something. February 11th was that one. I, even during the game, I had to look that up. I'm like, geez, I got I to see when these guys are playing again. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Youngstown State, man, I, I, <laughs> they kind of – I think they feel a little disrespect. I don't know whether it was from us or from the, uh, the league poll that we both had them seventh in preseason, but, and I can tell you, man, they're fully legit. They're uh, and a girl. I'm really impressed with there is, uh, is Maddie Alba. She went on uh Thursday, they played up against Purdue Fort Wayne and she just absolutely rock, locked down uh, Riley Ott who they have a few pretty good players on the Mastodons there, but Ott's, you know, Ott's their point guard. She's, they run a lot of motion, things like that. She's kind of the one that gets them in all their sets. She's a really good shooter herself. Shut her down. Uh, went up on, she was, she was in destiny Leo's hip pocket the entire game today, pretty much at least when she was on the perimeter. And then she had kind of help underneath when she'd go to drive, but 
You know the entire family noticed that you tweeted that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, sure the entire, tweet, shout out to the entire All Back family who now follows us on Twitter. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully, well. hopefully they're listening. I can get get a few retweets on you on the on this uh, episode here, but. uh yeah, you look at her stat line. She, I think, she had one point on a late free throw, only a couple steals, but she was she was absolutely key to the game. Uh, you know, Lexi Wagner went off in the second quarter, hit got a four or five threes in, in that quarter. Uh, crew high for I think she pretty much locked up freshman of the week there. Since we always talk about that on Sundays, uh, yeah, I mean that's and that's the thing with them is they you know Ritz is kind of a consistent thing for them. You know, Chelsea Olsen didn't have any points. She had she had three, I think, in garbage time, but wasn't really doing much. And she was, you know, their biggest name coming into the year. You know, That's so true. they just have different people stepping up like crazy. They play phenomenal defense. They have a lot of great shooters, and they have, you know, one of the better post players. I'm sure Macy Woods has something to say anytime you come up with, you know, best post players. But Lily Ritz is certainly in that conversation as well, and. They just, they have all the pieces right now and they're winning a heck of a lot of games. Well, on the flip side, this was not a good road trip for Cleveland State at all. Not good at all. Yeah. Now the Vikings, uh, and I don't know, man. They got, the thing is, there's a little bit of a book out on them now. I think, you know, Robert Morris did a really good job on Leo as well. Uh, Nina Gustin and uh, Esther Castaneda were kind of tag teaming her a little bit. They played a lot of, a lot of man and, you know, suffocated the perimeter a little bit, but the bottom line is that nobody else is stepping up and hitting a couple of shots to back that down a little bit. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, these are proven good shooters. So you'd like to think that maybe they just, you know, fire their way out of this eventually, but you know, you know, Gabby Smith, uh, I don't know their numbers in front of me, but you know, Isabel Gradwell, they, you know, proven successful three pointers are just not hitting anything right now. And it's, tough and you know Nadia Dumas I love her to death she's I always compare her to Charles Barkley that kind of undersized high effort player that goes in there with the I mean not that Charles Barkley is a small man but compared to the guys he's going up against uh but it, it, at the same time it's it's hard to be a six foot flat player going against some of those people and gets in a lot of foul trouble and things like that so they they have some things to sort out and it's kind of they had a little bit of an easy he went down to Northern Kentucky and got that great win. And you kind of hang your hat on that a little bit. Cause that, that Northern Kentucky team is legit too. But you know, other than that, well, we didn't talk play. about them a little bit because they, they upset oh. IUPY. Yeah. They, they had a nice little game the other day too. Uh, yesterday, I guess it was. That, Holy that's, cow. Yeah. That's something. I mean, that's you, you get an IUPY team who just upset number uh, a, a top team. Uh, they were ranked what fifteenth, I believe Iowa was. Fifteenth, I think it was. Yeah. Fifteenth. Turn around. Next game, Northern Kentucky beat you. Yeah. That was funny. I mean, it was a nail biter too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I also, honestly, I think that really speaks to kind of when you look at that again. When you look top to bottom with the with the Horizon League, which is funny because with the men, you're not seeing this at all. Um, it's so herky jerky with them, but you you could see any given game, any one of these teams, the even top teams are you know can get beaten, and I think that speaks really to the parity of the Horizon League, at least on the women's side. Again, the men's side, I don't know what's going on with them. <laughs> That's not. I mean, so, it's a, it's a, it's a ride, man. I think you know, 
everyone was kind of ready to crown IUPUI in preseason, and you know, especially we, we were of, too. Kind of, yeah, we oh we did. I, I absolutely did. I'll, I'll own that one. Um, but yeah, and they yeah he obviously had the couple of COVID forfeits. Uh, lost kind of an ugly game to Ball State where they were down huge and almost came back. That has that I don't is know. Know. I lost. He lost the Ball State with this team that you know the team that team that came close to beating Michigan loses inexplicably loses the Ball State. And then later beats Iowa. Yeah, it's been kind of a roller coaster for them a little bit. I I think you know Macy Williams as good as she is. I mean, you know, Northern Kentucky has a couple pretty good post players themselves, and Grease and Rose and Emmy Sauer. They did a good job tag teaming her a little bit. And you know, Macy Macy got hers early in the game, but struggled a little bit more as the game went on. Uh, she sure. just didn't have. They didn't, in IUP, I didn't have Destiny Perkins, and she's I I really like her. She's really underrated point guard for them. So that's need to lead with that too. But I don't think any, nobody really picked up for, her. you know, Macklemore didn't really do much in that game. Uh, Rachel Kent had a nice little burst late in the third quarter, but they just a little bit, you know, like CSU shut down their best player and somebody else needs to find something somewhere and they just didn't yeah. get that. So we need to, have, so we, we need to talk about this COVID protocol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you can figure out what it is, and you know what, what happened, I, 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 I've come think. to the conclusion is basically just Julie Rolash looking at it and doing the thumbs up and thumbs down. That's where we're at now. Love the gladiator Matt, style gifts. So we talk about Matt versus Detroit Mercy because that's a <laughs> that's the biggest story of the week right there. Uh, yeah. So, so, so okay. So no, let's not. It's, oh God. <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm just uh, Let's not talk oh, too much I, about I, it. I don't, want to be in, I don't know what the hell's going on with that. That sounds like a. That sounds like a. That sounds like a. Yeah, I don't want to deal with that. But bottom line is okay. So all right. So both the UAC men and women are were shut down. IEPUI shut down. Detroit Mercy men have shut down. Both Detroit Mercy women are shut down. And on Friday, the Oakland women also got shut down. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody but the Detroit Mercy women got no contest. But the Detroit Mercy women, but the Detroit Mercy women, their two games were forfeits. Yep. <laughs> so, and, and that's and, the updated policy, or at least how they've been playing yes, it, because the true. two forfeits for IUPUI and Red State, those were probably before the Omicron correct. outbreak that we have now become aware of. Yes. You are correct. That is exactly what happened. So, and I think Tony Paul from the Detroit News had kind of a because he he actually interviewed with Julie Rolash. By the way, we're still working on it, guys. <laughs> we're gonna try, we're trying. Um, talk to her about you know the Horizon League stance with the with their existing COVID protocol and how where her in her capacity as commissioner lands on this policy it's basically she's the one who's you know she's the one who reviews the information and makes a determination whether it's a for where the forfeits stand or they get converted to uh no contest and that's exactly what happened in everybody's case but the detroit mercy women yeah so basically so i mean the bottom line is if there is an issue here your commit our commissioner is the Horizon League commissioner is the final say in this period. All right, there's no two ways around it. So 
Make sure you, you – know, so I, I don't know what to tell you on the uh, – I don't know what – it's going to keep happening, obviously. So make sure you got all your stuff together. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's – I mean, yeah, and I think I, I think it seems like for the most part – you know, I know Wright State, Blake, right, right they had their – they were reported as like less than half vaccinated or something like that. Yeah, by Dayton Daily. Uh, seems that – we know that the coach is. We know that Carrie Hoffman is. We right. know that some of the women are, but most of them aren't, which is distressing. And this was an article back in November when they took those forfeits. So maybe the situation's changed. Yeah. But if it hasn't, it then well, if they yeah. if they go through another outbreak, then they're going to catch forfeits again, almost certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt, that's what's going to happen. And you know what? You know what? If that's the case. Well, sorry about your bad luck. Do better. I'm yeah. sorry. So we can we can assume based on the rulings that Detroit Mercy women aren't heavily vaccinated. The men probably are. You know. Well, I don't know. I you know what? I'm not gonna get it. Honestly, I don't. Want, I'm not gonna get into the whole whatever. Well, it's interesting and, though because it is. I mean, you know, we kind of talk about it being a competitive advantage just based yeah. on player availability, but now you're talking about actual you know losses on your record. It's kind of nuts. I mean, if we're being honest, this is the Detroit Mercy women, and they haven't won a game all year, so. Yeah, I, I stick up for them. I think they I think they have some nice players there. I think they've been a lot more competitive. I mean, if you had asked any of us back in August what Detroit Mercy's season would look like, I mean, geez, whatever extremely low bar, subterranean bar that we would have set for them, they have exceeded that. So I think you have to give them a little bit of credit. Same time, I don't know that they're going out to Wisconsin and winning either of those games. So no, absolutely not. I don't think. Yeah, that's enjoyed sleeping in their own beds for the weekend at least. Well, I, I just don't get why you wouldn't get vaccinated to begin with. I, I get that maybe there was a rep- uh, reproductive health concern that was raised, but at this point, I think the vaccine has proven to be effective in lowering symptoms, and we haven't seen any sort of you know, horrible, horrible side effects. So it's well, just no. like, and the other thing too, and again, and, he, and again with these ACE, uh, yeah, because I think um, Micah Parrish from Oakland was out because he tested positive for COVID. He's mm-hmm. asymptomatic. He's mad he can't play because he's sitting in his dorm room right now, isolated, saying, "I feel fine." I don't, you know, and this is the case in a lot of the cases now. Yeah, which is, you know, but you know, again, not our call. We so our names are not Julie Rolash, so congratulations. <laughs> this is on it, you. It is interesting because you kind of look at, you know, I know when, when Oakland took their thing, you know, they they just played Milwaukee and won a really nice game against Milwaukee and got yeah. they got they got washed out mid road trip like that. And I know Matt had said something about them playing. I, I was at Robert Morris, I didn't see that game, but he'd mentioned that they were shorthanded, you know. Even Cleveland State today was they've been rolling with 10 players for most of the year. Uh, they were mm-hmm. down two players today. And you kind of wonder, OK, did they have COVID and not give it to anybody else? So they're still OK to play, but just without them. And anytime anybody's out of the lineup, you kind of wonder now. It's like, yeah. Oh, my God. You know what? You know what? Right states women specifically cannot afford. It's any more women out. For oh, yeah. a COVID yeah. outbreak because they're play, they played seven people against Dayton. That's all they could afford. They didn't have Jada Wright, which was one of their main starters. 
I got CSU just had eight today, and they're most of their best eight, but it's still just eight players. Right. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us. Um, by the way, apologies. I, I realized on the live feed I did something wrong. I forgot to unmute our, our, unmute our audio. Oh. Whoops. <laughs> Uh, sorry, James Squires. I know you were asking. Um, yeah, you're not hearing anything because I, I didn't unmute anybody. But I, yeah, so you only heard the last 10 minutes. <laughs> My bad. That's all right. You've got it recorded. Anyway, <laughs> you know what? That's okay. It's recorded. It's going to go up on, it's going to go up on HorizonRoundTable.com. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That, Mrs. Yeah, you, you knew there was going to be something I did wrong here but hey <laughs> oops yep so horizonroundtable.com um you know we have all our podcasts all our written content yeah we're up on wherever podcasts are found and you can pull us up on your amazon or google devices so we wish you a happy new year um and i don't know what we're gonna do next week because there's a lot of games going on but we'll be back next week until then thank you all for listening